I'm Anne, co-host of Transparency in Teaching, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much to all of you who are joining us on this Thursday evening. I know that usually Thursdays, you know, there's a lot of Twitter chats going on. There's a lot of spaces going on. There's a lot of, you know, PL, uh, PLCs and everything going on. But for those of you that are here live watching and listening, thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. We're always excited to have you here. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, something that I have been following for a while and just really learning more and more. And as always, trying to find that special connection between, you know, any kind of tech and anything that we're seeing and trends to educate a very special guest who I first uh, listened to speak about NFTs. Uh, in one of the Twitter spaces that uh, Michael Cohen, the tech rabbi, hosted. And I was just really thrown back by the wealth of information, just the great conversation, and just the knowledge and know-how that Leslie Weitz uh, shared that day. So, Leslie, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. How are you doing this evening? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm super excited. Perfect. Excellent. Well, let's go ahead and get started. I am really excited about today's conversation. And, you know, being in the education space for 16 years, you know, I definitely always am trying to stay in the forefront of anything that is out there, some big moves, a lot of changes. And of course, right now we are seeing a lot of talk in Twitter and everywhere around the world. We're talking NFTs, we're talking, you know, Web3, we're talking all the sorts of these new, uh, new tech that's coming our way. And I'm always trying to find that connection to education. But today, let's go ahead and we're going to focus on the NFT component and we'll see what else comes up during our talk. But Leslie, for our audience members, our education audience that's listening and those that are listening for the first time or watching, if you can uh, share a brief introduction and give us your context in the NFT space, uh, that would be great. Sure. So, hi, my name is Leslie. Um, I have worked for 20 plus years in uh, product development, really in software. So I come from a technology background. I'm super bullish on women in technology. Um, I have a story about that we can talk about later in terms of, you know, not being um, really like encouraged to pursue a, a career in technology when I was a kid. So one of my passions, of course, is, is encouraging, you know, STEM and STEAM um, education. But I got into NFTs kind of really by happenstance. It was really my husband's fault, so I'll blame him. Um, he was into NBA top shots and kind of, you know, similar-ish, you know, like in terms of the way that you minted things and then started to get into, you know, was seeing, you know, the different PFPs out there and the little known project of the board apes was minting. And of course, you know, who thinks this is going to make it? But then um, he, I think, initially started with like the Lazy Lions. That was really his initial like project. He like minted those and 
Um, it still went to this day. He absolutely adores his lazy lions. But um, that's kind of how we got into it. So then after doing it for a while, I sort of noticed, well, there's not really very many women here in this space. And then there's also nothing that's really family friendly. I'm a mom and wife. I have three kids. We have a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an 8-year-old. So, you know, we would like to talk about this stuff at the dinner table and, you know, show pictures. But, like, some of the pictures weren't really, like, kid-appropriate. Again, I love those projects for what they are for, like, my, my non-mom self. But for mommy, you know, I didn't really want to show, you know, paraphernalia hanging out of somebody's mouth and cigarettes and joints and things like that. So we were like, well, let's start, you know, a project. So we worked on it for a number of months and a project that went live. Um, I've since moved on. I'm not with the project anymore um, because really during the midst of that, I sort of found what my passion was is helping people. And while it's very education heavy just to onboard people, what I really enjoy about it is people that are in this environment and in this space that to help them, maybe I don't always have all the answers, but what I can do is share the mistakes that I've made and things that I would do different. So that way I can help people kind of be more successful and watch out for some of the things that have happened. But that's really kind of my passion is like onboarding, helping. Um, so I'm super excited to kind of pursue that more as, uh, as the future grows in Web3. You know, that's wonderful. Like you said, you know, what I like is that you're taking and, and basically yourself, your, your family life, and you are involving your family in this and these projects. And of course, you mentioned the your family, you have your kids and all various ages. And, you know, right now, this is something that you are giving them an education on as they continue to move forward. And they're definitely going to have a, you know, big, great understanding of what NFTs are and Web3 is all about. And so tell us a little bit, and I'm curious, you know, as far as them and what they've known and what they've heard you teach them, you know, do they go out and talk about this a lot, you know, in schools? And do you kind of get those, maybe those parents that are into this too? It's like, hey, you know, I got a question for you, you know, any projects or anything dropping or anything of that sort? I, I'm just curious about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it, well, so a funny story, um, after we started talking about it for a while, we were at Outback. It's a local, you know, restaurant here just down the street. So we tend to go there a lot just because it's like the only restaurant out in my neighborhood. So we were sitting there and my son at the time, I think he was more like seven and he had like the Outback menu and they give you crayons and he was drawing on it. So he drew this like dragon and he's like, look, I made my first NFT collection and put on that 0.02 ETH. Like literally he was shilling us his project for 0.02 ETH. So you're talking about a kid that knows what the value of ETH is, but can't tell you what the value of like, I don't know, buying a carton of milk or how much, you know, a video game is or any of those things, but understood the concept of ETH in an NFT. And he'll actually tell his friends at school about NFTs. In fact, I could pull him on the, on the call right now and he would be like, yeah, it's a non-budgeable token. It represents his digital asset. Like, I mean, he'll go on and it's just, he's picked it up because they're naturally inclined to do that. Not only are kids, they pick things up faster than we do as adults because maybe we just overcomplicate things, but they also were already in tune to the technology because it's the life that they live. Like my kids, you know, my 15 year old, was our Discord consultant. So he was the one that helped us set up our Discord when I was with the project. Um, he was a moderator for a while. Um, the middle child, she's the girl. She's not really too much into it. She knows what it is, doesn't really care that much, at least right now. Um, she's more about the arts, like um, acting and, and chorus and things like that. But the little one, he's already designed two NFT collections that he wants to launch. And he, you know, he plays Roblox. He has the whole entire concept down and really some of the base, best use cases for, you know, Web3 technology between 
Fortnite, Robux, and Roblox. I mean, they already have tokenization built in, right? So it's like, you know, something that they already kind of naturally know, even more so sometimes than we do. Their use cases of things that they think of for this stuff is way further than like where my brain can even take it. So I have a lot of faith in our next generation and even the generation after that, that as we build this bridge for them, that, I mean, the where they can take it is leaps and bounds where our imaginations really are today. So. Yeah. And that's something that really excites me, just the way that you talked about that. And, you know, being an educator and, and you know, previous shows that I did this week, you know, if we were to be more of that guide on the side, you would be surprised as to how much we ourselves as adults can learn from our students, just like you're sharing here how much your kids have learned from their experience. And they've learned of something that is relatable to them because they see it at home. But those are the skills that right now, you know, are highly sought after, you know, right now it's Web3 development, people that want to move into Web3, companies that are just jumping on into the metaverse and of course, creating NFT projects and so on. So there needs to be a talent source or a talent pool that is going to go into those jobs and those jobs all involve a lot of creativity, a lot of know-how, a lot of ingenuity, and more than anything, a lot of passion. And you, know, you mentioned Roblox, you mentioned Fortnite. And to me, all of those games seem like they were just, they're priming the, the this generation for what is coming. Like you mentioned, tokenization, you know, being able to buy things with uh, the V-Bucks and buying, you know, digital assets. That is the language of today that Myself, I just started learning, you know, just maybe about, you know, eight, nine months ago when I started getting into this a little bit heavily or more heavier into this. And so I think that that's something that's wonderful. And like you mentioned, you know, this generation that's coming and next generation to build on Web3 and that, you know, seeing that decentralization, uh, you know, and just continued growth. And it just seems like it's something that that is amazing. So where is it that you see, you know, through your experience as, you know, software and in development and things of that sort? I mean, you yourself, too, have seen changes in, you know, education, changes in tech and, you know, trends and, and new things that are coming. Where is it that you see this Web3 taking us maybe within the next six months, maybe the next year? When do you really see that it's going to? just be at that, you know, I guess right now I think it's at a nascent state, but it's still early, but I mean, there's a lot of movement going on. What is it that you see through your experience? Oh gosh. I mean, I think a lot of it, some of it's already there. We're already starting to see a lot of concepts surrounding the gamification of learning. And I love that concept. And it already started, you know, with some of the iReady programs and things like that before more, you know, Web 2 stuff, but sort of kind of going into Web 3, there's a lot of um, tech, I think, that's still to be leveraged. But as we get into more education, I think the foundation of all of this is to make sure that we're preparing the educators and the parents, the setting the prime, you know, the primer of what this is to be, because I think without that foundation, we can't support it equally because a child's education is is a two-way street. It can't be just the teacher and it can't be just the parent unless you're homeschooling, then you can be both. But in most cases for us, it's, you know, there's a shared partnership. And so to be on each edge of it, it really is setting the the boundaries and the walls for what the safe, you know, passageway is. So I think that gamification as that continues, but I, I see things going, I mean, it may not be in the next six months, but here in the near future, like 
the entire way that NFTs are today is really like a, an entire ecosystem of micro learning. And so to take that concept and put that into education, I think it'll probably more so start with college um, and college education that you're going to start to see that um, almost like personalized learning, I guess, if that makes sense. I think that that's a, a huge direction or a huge opportunity really for Web3 to go. Because I mean, with blockchain technology and then it's accessible, but you know, to take that concept of more personalized learning, individualized learning, learning at your own pace, because not everybody fits into the same box. And I know I didn't, and not everybody else does. And as an educator, you know this, that everybody, you can have the exact same experience and everybody is different. So to be able to take that, personalize it, but to move that into elementary and middle school and even high school education, that would be amazing. I think that's a little further off than the college component, but once one starts, you know, I think that they'll start to flow there. But I think that there's a lot of, and, and that's just for learning. I mean, there's tons of like funding and fundraising opportunities too, that I think we haven't even begun to recognize. I mean, can you think of like, I don't know if they have this at the schools that you've been at where it's like they'll do an art program sort of thing and the art, you can buy like copies of the art and put it on different things. Imagine doing that as like an NFT project and all the kids work on it together. And like, that's a fundraiser. And I mean, the possibilities are endless. And then here it is, lives on the blockchain forever. I mean, you know, I think that that's a really fun way to, to participate, you know, as, um, investors in your child's education and then the friends and family and you always have something that represents something that you did for them like there's just the just a couple of things you know that you can do i mean gosh we could probably sit here and talk all night and spend ideas but i think really the possibilities are endless it's as endless as the imagination will take you yeah and i love that you know as far as what you're saying you know the personalized learning i love this idea of the fundraiser and i've seen a couple of projects that are doing that and i'm thinking like this is amazing where these schools uh, these administrators that are out there learning this and putting it into practice because what they want to do is not only do they want to help their students obviously with the art projects that they're doing but they're doing this also for you know for scholarships they're doing this also i mean you're learning web3 you're learning these new technologies you're learning what blockchain is you're learning what nfts are and that is what i love that you're preparing the students for what's already here and what is to come you know more heavily within the next you know in the future one of the conversations that I was having with a colleague of mine, and we both, you know, graduated from business school, we we're like, you know what, we came out of business school with nothing, you know, like, and I mean, like, we came out with a degree, but wouldn't it have been great if I went into business school and I came out with my LLC, I came out already with a business and a business plan and all of these things. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't schools that are doing that now, or they did that back then, but at least at the school that I went to, it didn't offer that. And to see this, at the high school level, and even more so, maybe even at the junior high level now, I mean, I think that it's amazing because like you said, we're diving into the possibilities that are there that no one knew were there. And now we're kind of exploring and experimenting and we're seeing some great results. So that's just something that is amazing. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I can't wait to see where some of these go. I can't think of a more rewarding situation than being a part of a project that whether it's a singular artist with a high school student or a middle school student or an entire group that they, you know, they're able to fund their secondary education and go to college because of 
you know, something like this. Like that's the most amazing thing to think of in terms of opening opportunity for people that may not have otherwise been there. And to give them additional life skills on top of that, like we weren't taught what running a business is like, you know, or how to, to do it. What, what's a partnership agreement? You know, what's an LLC? What's a C-Corp? You know, how do you file for an EIN? Any normal thing like that, just the business basics that are starting to be taught really way too late. It was only not too long ago that those things are being taught. But now, like, I hope to see and see it continue that the road to, to technology has always been a lot slower in education, but it's starting to go faster and faster. So I hope to see that as time goes on, that we get through Web3 a lot faster into elementary school, into middle school, into high school. And ultimately, when you get to college, it's already there. You already know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you mentioned earlier. You know, it, it's all about that language. It's all about the learning. And bringing that into our schools. I mean, obviously we also need to prepare. You mentioned it's very important. We need to prepare our teachers also for the future of learning. And that's one of my biggest things is I always love to connect things with the future of learning and start changing the language a little bit within our curriculum and, you know, bringing some of those topics in that even though some of the things that we are currently doing may seem like they may not connect to this because it may seem like a foreign language to teachers, but there are certain skills that are there already that are being built in to help build up these skills into Web3 and so on. But we just need to take them just a little bit more, you know, to the next level, but also making our teachers I feel very comfortable because I think that's something that's very, very important. Absolutely. I think it's something that's really fun to see the moment when it clicks in parents' heads is as a parent, and I've been this parent, so I don't judge anybody for feeling this way. It's like, I don't want to have my kids living on electronics, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my use case has totally changed. When I watched my now 15-year-old, but when he was probably more like 11 or 12, started to play Fortnite. And he became this different person. He became a project manager, this meek and mild kid that was literally afraid to walk on grass and gravel because it made a funny noise, very timid, but turned into like, you know, just a near superhero in gaming that like there are definite use cases for kids in technology that like my, my youngest son is in, in our gifted program, but he it's. I didn't teach him anything. I think honestly, he's in it because of all the stuff he learns from YouTube. And I'm like, when we have to learn something, what do we do? We go to YouTube. I YouTube stuff all the time. How do I fix my sink? How do I do this on my carpet? Blah, blah, blah. So like, it's not any different for them. So the fact that like, you know, getting devices and technology in kids' hands at a younger age and just obviously setting the confines of what's okay and what's not okay. But I love to see when parents have that aha moment where they're like, wow, this really is what I should be doing. I should be allowing them to play on their devices and not restricting them as I, I've i done for so long. Yeah, and I think that's important, like you said, too. You know, a lot of it seems like, oh, well, the screen time and the screen time. Well, you know, there's there's different types of screen time. I mean, there's that productive screen time where, you know, the child is just really well involved in taking learning and 
you know, that personalized learning step. This like, this is what I need to learn. These are the skills that are hot out there that are, that people understand that, you know, are going to get me a job or that are highly sought after or needed. I mean, they're going to go out there and find it. And of course there's, you know, that downtime screen time where it might just be like, oh, you know, you're just kind of mind numbing a little bit just because, you know, you're either trying to de-stress and sort of, but I, you know, I absolutely agree. And right now I think that a lot of parents, I think this next generation of parents is really seeing like what the capabilities that are out there with the technology and the things that the students are creating. And as a teacher myself, I always was very, well, I shouldn't say surprised, but I loved when my students had that creative freedom and they were able to share what they can do and how they tied in their learning into that lesson because I would give them options. You know, you can either do it this way, make a presentation, create a drawing, create a graphic, do this and so on. And so now I'm thinking to myself, you know, these skills, if we allow them that at an early age, that can definitely build up and transfer and it's transferable skills to what we're seeing today, you know, that they're going to be needing. So I'm just really excited about that. Now, Leslie, let, let's talk a little bit more first because I, I never, we'd never touched on how you, got into the creation process? You know, what was the mindset? What was it that you said, you know what, you know, and you talked to your husband and said, you know what, Let, let's do this. Let's, let's start a project and walk us through that process, if you don't mind. Sure. So, I mean, I think it was, uh, we molded over obviously for probably a number of weeks before we're like, you know what, let's do this. Um, it was really just bred from literally showing like going to OpenSea and showing like our account and going through pictures and having to scroll really fast through some of them and especially the littlest one and we're like there's nothing really that's very the closest thing we had to family friendly at that time was like the dapper dinos project and even then you know the, again the pipes and cigarettes again no judgment because i love those projects they're dapper dinos is one of my most favorite projects and including the lazy lions too but they're just not super kid friendly i think there's a lot of movement for all of these projects to start kind of going that direction. But at that time, there was literally nothing. Um, the Alphabetties were another project that they were sort of there, uh, but it just, it, nothing was really focused on families, like something that you could go and do together. You could mint it together. They could be part of it. And I think that's really where the motivation came from because our kids were so heavily involved just from our conversation. It wasn't even something that we wanted them to be part of really, to be honest. Like it was just, my husband and I would sit across each other from dinner and the kids sit on the sides of us and we're just chit-chatting about like, oh, did you see like the floor price on that project? Or did you sit on that, uh, that discord call or see what was happening? And they were like really in tune to it. So when we started to go through that process, it was like, all right, so what do we have to do? And then we started making a plan and made a, like a little project plan for it. And I mean, I'm a project manager by trade from coming from product. So it was just like, all right, we need to get development. We need to get art. We need to get uh, these pieces set up, the socials. And we just took divided and conquered and sort of everybody just ran in a different direction. And it's a cool process to go through. It's a lot of work. I will say that I have to emphasize how much work you don't even realize it is and how hard it is to build a community. But um, it's rewarding work because it's like um, you constantly see along the way all of the little wins if you if you pay attention of course the little wins along the way to uh, generally these types of projects attract new people um people that are new to this space so that was a really 
super rewarding thing to experience is that how many people that we onboarded as a result of that project and then how many kids I got to know, like the parents would bring the kids in for different events and to know that they had a hand in it and that they had their own, um, you know, PFPs that they minted with their parents. It was just a really, really cool experience. And now there's a, a wide variety of family-friendly projects. So while we weren't the only ones and we certainly weren't the first, but I would love to be able to say that, of course, but I think that there were a lot less of us. Now there's more. And I love to see that that door of opportunity is opened wide open for people. That's wonderful. That's so great to hear. And and just like you said, coming from that parent standpoint and trying to create that change and make it, you know, family friendly, because again, you know, we, we want to push our students, those that are interested into this, this is the, what's here. This is what's coming. And, you know, they're, they may be a little, uh, I don't know, I want to say just intimidated at first, obviously, you know, with some of the, the graphics that you would see and so on. But I mean, just what you're doing is something that's wonderful and that's great. And I love that initiative. I have a question here from Jonathan Temple, who's joining us, watching this on YouTube. And his question is this, it says, have you created any NFTs and are they available for viewing? So, uh, yes. Um, and I got a little bit of feedback there. Can you hear me okay? No, no. Yeah, you're good. Okay, okay good. Um, I, there was like, a, I was starting to think Lucy for a second, or I think I was rugging. Um, so yes, um, I have, I was part of the project. I'm not on the project anymore. I was one of the initial founders, um, but the other two founders that we worked with are still running it. It's called Taco Gatos. Um, it's a great project that's super family friendly. Um, they're available. They're still minting now, but they are also on OpenSea. Um, one of the really cool things about this project is they have a, a mint engine utility that's attached to it. So uh, it's a minting platform. So the benefits and revenue, part of that revenue will go back to holders. So it's an ongoing funding mechanism, but you have to be a Taco Gatos holder to have access. And so why it's super cool is people that want to explore their creative side don't have technology resources. We are not all developers and especially in Solidity um, to write smart contracts. Um, it, it's still fairly new and sometimes difficult to find it and it takes time you know to learn it so this allows people to kind of like byoa like bring your own art you can set up and use the minting platform it requires no technology resources whatsoever um so it's a great entry point that are new into nfts but then also for people that eventually want to explore doing a project themselves it takes a lot of the hard work out of it so that's a definitely a project that i would recommend that i was part of that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I am a Taco Gatos holder. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. And the community is great. And it's just wonderful. And like I said, to me, really what stuck out was, you know, it is family friendly. Friendly. I love what they're doing. The community is wonderful and great. And, you know, I've, I've just been seeing uh, just a lot of love from that community. And of course, also a big shout out to um, the DAO, the, the Educators DAO. Uh, also with uh, Vridi and Michael Peck and of course, Michael Cohen. Uh, it's just been wonderful too. And just being able to go out and share out and educate, you know, people and onboarding them and, and helping them understand more of what is coming. And it's just amazing how much more of the educator community is seeing the potential that is there. They're seeing the, 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 just, I guess the gains in technology, but also for the student side of it on how can we make our curriculum relevant to them now and what they're seeing. And so a big shout out to them. 
and the work that they're doing. So Leslie, now that you've talked to us a little bit about that, you talked to us about this project, like right now, currently you said you, you are um, helping a lot of people onboarding. Can you explain that a little bit more as far as what you're doing? Is it more just kind of meeting in spaces and just helping people understand the you know, what NFTs are and getting them on, you know, onboarded onto that or, you know, can you give us a little bit more on what you're doing? Sure. It, kind of all of the above. Um, so from a thought leadership perspective, I participate in a lot of uh, conversations, a lot of spaces, things like this. Uh, Michael Cohn has been great. I love the tech rabbi to death. Um, he's been fantastic um, and a real service to the community. I absolutely love uh, the, uh, the Tuesday show. Um, so in terms of a lot of thought leadership, but then I've been helping other projects with strategy. I mentioned that I made a lot of mistakes and I don't always have all the answers, but I did learn a lot from the experience that I had. So I'm taking that information and sharing it with other people. So I help project strategize, whether it's, whether I'm part of the project or a lot of it, it's just like one-off questions or scenarios. Like there's not a lot of resources available to people. And when you're a project, you're kind of on an island by yourself until you make friends with another project or you happen to know someone and you can kind of bounce ideas around. Think of it like a brick and mortar store. If you open a bakery and this person opened a bakery, you're not going to share information because you're competitors, right? So the space is very different that it's not really competitive at all. So a lot of projects are friends, but they don't always have a way to network. So having a resource to go to has been something that's been a really, really fun thing that I really like doing. So hopefully I find ways to continue that. Of course, Web3 doesn't pay very well. So I have to figure out how to get paid eventually. But being part of a few other projects and strategizing with them, but then also helping um, from trainings and things like that. So I, it's a wide variety of everything. Basically, if somebody has a need, usually I'll try to find a way to fill it if I can. <laughs> Perfect. That's wonderful, Leslie. And we have a question coming in here from one of our LinkedIn users. It says, hey, Leslie, what do you think is the future of NFTs in the children's educational space? I, you know, I mean, I think the possibilities are endless. I think the biggest part that we'll start to see, because I... If this were a conversation we were having without a pandemic, I would probably have a different answer. But coming out of the pandemic and the way that I think education is, is sort of changed um, and the format of education, is, it's knowingly needs to change. And I admittedly was like the worst at like a homeschool teacher on the planet. I'm just, I'm not good at it. And so I like, you know, when, you know, when the teacher sent home their list of all the things, I'm like, let me give you all a target because you keep my kid all day and I can't do it. <laughs> like, I, I'm not good at it. I have no patience for it whatsoever. So bless all the teachers' hearts. So I think that you're going to start to see that over time, again, it's going to take a little while to get there, but we talked about the micro learning and personalized learning and more self-paced learning that from more of a Web3 perspective, I think that's where some of the Web3 tech will take us. But in terms of just NFTs, like in, really in terms of that token, the non-fungible token component, because I always have to, you know, I think we have to remember, it's not always just art. There's some sort of like representation and membership or whatever we want to call it. Um, I think that the the art, the creative aspect and learning the tech uh, aspect and really the fundraising, I think, is the immediate use case that we could probably see for it. But I mean, it's a hard question to answer exactly where, but I think those are just a few areas, depending on if we're talking Web3, we're talking NFTs. Wonderful. That's great. And that's a great question because, I mean, obviously we, we got to start thinking about this and the way the future of, uh, for the future of education, the future of work, that's always been my thing. Like, I guess, because like you mentioned, you know, pandemic and then now after pandemic, it's like, okay, 
we need to start doing something different. The education landscape is different. It's no longer the same. And, you know, I understand there's a lot of people that are trying to go back to 2019, but that, you know, there is no going back. It's like, you know, we're here, we're now, we got to continue moving forward. And of course, we're seeing all these technologies here. Well, Leslie, it's been a great, great conversation. And thank you so much for your insight. But before we go, I definitely love to ask you three questions. And I always ask these three questions to my guests. And usually my guests are, you know, on the education space. And I always ask what their edu kryptonite is. But for you, what I'll do is I would I would love to ask is what is your current NFT kryptonite? What is it in the in the current NFT space that just uh, just weakens you, like takes away your powers, like Superman does. It just makes you weak in the knees. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I like I have if people that know me know that I have a very, very big addiction to any cute fuzzy animals. So like animals are like my thing. If it's a cute fuzzy animal, like sloths, like my favorite animal is a quokka. And there's like there's a quokka project. So I'm like, whoa. I mean, so really when it's an animal related project, and especially when there's a benefit to animal organizations on top of that from a philanthropy perspective i get super like weak in the knees over that stuff but i love to do a lot with women-led projects just because being a woman in technology um and not being encouraged to pursue technology when i was younger i love to do what i can to support that um underrepresented communities um from the lgbtq perspective as well um so there's a wide variety of things that i make super bullish on but if i had to pick one I can't help the fact that I'm crazy about animals. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. So you heard that. All right. Project creators make anything fuzzy and you will definitely have somebody, uh, you know, coming and checking out your projects. All right. Everybody. <laughs> All right, Leslie. Question number two. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Cool. Okay. So this one is going to be completely different from really anything we've talked about. And I would, I think the message would be along the lines of bet on yourself. And in this environment and Web3 and NFTs, I deal with it a lot, imposter syndrome. And it, we're really early in this tech and it's hard sometimes to remember that we are really early and we are pioneering something right now. So we underestimate our abilities. And I have to remind myself all the time that, you know, to not face that imposter syndrome. I, it, you know, I'm, I am a knowledgeable resource. I have value. And the most important thing that we can do from any aspect of life is to bet on yourself. Oh, I love that. Those are wise words and take it from somebody that has definitely dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome, you know, at, at any given time, you know, it's because yeah. we see this and then oftentimes we, we end up comparing ourselves to others and then we're like, well, we don't do that or we can't do that or we haven't done that yet. And uh, the thing is, is like, it's yet, yet. But like you said, I'm, I'm still a resource. I can still be of help. And, you know, together, you know, we're definitely better. So, you know, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that message because I know for sure that definitely helped me and that's definitely going to help a lot of people that are out there listening. Repeat it every day. <laughs> every day, every day, bet on yourself. All right, Leslie. And our last question is this, is let's say that this was your podcast currently, and I am your guest. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? Ooh, um, gosh, I think that, uh, let me think. Um, I guess, you know what? I guess I would ask more about like, what, what makes you passionate about Web3 and education? 
Great. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is one of my biggest things for me, the, the passion as an educator. And, and I always, and I will repeat this and everybody who watches the show or has listened to the show has at least heard me say this once. I never wanted to be an educator, but when I fell into education, I absolutely fell in love with everything. I fell in love with the process. I fell in love with the practice and, you know, and being able to bet on myself, like you said, in education and kind of do things kind of my way, but it's like my friend Matt Wood says, it's like you have a sandbox and you can play around in the sandbox, kick all around all the sand. But as long as you don't go past these lines, you're going to be okay. I was always the one that was out there kicking sand and just doing my own thing. And now that I see what is happening with Web3, I see, you know, the NFT projects and see the possibilities that are there. It just really gets me excited and really just fans that flame for education and in really sharing that knowledge with the teachers here locally in my community here in South Texas, but also blogging about it. So if anybody, you know, reads it anywhere else that is curious, it'll just be like a nice, simple read to them, but also giving them the possibilities that are out there. Because like you said, you know, it's still early on, but I just want teachers to just get that little spark that little idea, or if maybe they have that little flame that has slowly kind of just is dying out because of circumstances or whatever is going on within their education space, that this would be something that would fan that flame and they can tie, you know, Web3 to what they're currently doing and, you know, help their students. So for me, that's that passion to be able to take all of this that's happening, simplify it, share it with others. And like you said, it's similar to that onboarding process making that tie and that connection because I want to see this next generation do something amazing in this space and just where it's headed. Like to me, the, the, the possibilities really truly feel endless because there's so much out there. So that's really what gets me going and get it gets it. That's why I get excited about this space. I love that. That's an amazing answer. I, I, yes, I, can see that from you. So I think that's awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Leslie. I have had a wonderful time and you're absolutely right. We can definitely be here talking for hours and hours on end, but I really appreciate just your sincerity, authenticity, genuineness, and just how you presented today, you know, our, with our, our presented our audience members and our listeners today with, you know, some knowledge and background on NFTs and obviously where this space can take you what is some of the work that can still be done in this space and just how to tie it to education. I think you did a very wonderful job in onboarding us today. So thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie. I really appreciate you. And before we go, Leslie, go ahead and share with our audience members that that are currently watching or those that will catch the show later on. uh, If they'd like to contact you, maybe they have questions, maybe they, you know, they just need a helpful resource that they can go to. Is there a way that they can go ahead and contact you? Absolutely. I have all kinds of different methods. So you can find me on Twitter at, um, it's at OXLaCapitana. That's my Twitter handle. Um, Keep an eye out for a couple of things that we do weekly. I have a mom's uh, space that we do, moms in Web3, parenting, things like that, and kind of um, dealing with mom imposter syndrome and mom fails and kind of normalizing mistakes that we make. And then we have uh, a Web3 zone that we do on Thursday afternoons, Eastern time. That's really four of us that are different thought leaders from way different origins that come together and talk about all things Web3. Today was what the heck's going on with the market. Um, I think next week we're talking about doing um, 
uh, slowment projects and things like that. So there's uh, definitely a lot of like routine things that we happen. But of course, you can find me on LinkedIn too. It's simply my name, Leslie White's W-E-I-T-Z. But I look forward to hearing from anybody. Send me a message on LinkedIn. Send me a message on Twitter. At least follow and you know follow both of us to see kind of upcoming uh, exciting things that happen in the Twitterverse. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. It has been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And again, as always, just thankful for your kindness and everything that you share today. I am just amazed. And so is our audience members. And, uh, you know, so I'm really excited about what's happening. And of course, I am definitely a follower and I'm always, I actually, I have my little alerts on. So anytime you tweet, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll always be able to see because, you know, it's that FOMO that we're talking about, you know, fear of missing out. And there's so much out there, but at least, you know, finding, like you said, those thought leaders that you kind of, you know, can see and, and have that, those similarities with and the, the same thought process, you know, it's great to connect and, of course, get informed by them and, you know, being that useful resource. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing in the NFT space. And thank you guys, those of you that joined us live and those of you that are going to uh, watch, uh, get catch the replay or listen to the show later on. Thank you as always, or thank you always for your support. Please make sure that you go to our website, www.myedtech.life, myedtech.life, to check out all our episodes. Make sure that you click on our links. Go check out our merch. And, you know, as always, thank you for your support. And, guys, we will see you again this coming Saturday. We've got a wonderful show for you this Saturday morning. But until next time, my friends, don't forget, as always, stay techie.